Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, big week in the NFL starting today. It is the free agent negotiating period, which we used to call back in the day legal tampering, <laughs> um, which is an oxymoron. It's jumbo shrimp. But what happens is teams are allowed to negotiate with potential free agents. Now, they don't officially become free agents until 4 p.m., start a new league year on Wednesday. But beginning today, uh, teams can have negotiations uh, can even reach contract agreements, but they can't sign anything. It's not official until after 4 p.m. And then magically at 4 p.m. you'll see a bunch of a rash of signings throughout the NFL. It's not good news for the Bucks. Look, they Mike Greenberg, um, the vice president of football operations over there, has done his salary cap savant stuff. There was a lot of movement, you know, towards the end of the week on Friday. They renegotiated the contracts of pretty much all the free agents they signed a year ago. Ryan Jensen, Chris Godwin. Um, who else do we have? Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Oh, Carlton Davis. And there was one more. but uh, And that, that saved them $44 million on the salary cap. And that's one of those deals. And people have been asking about this. Well, what do you mean renegotiate? Well, if you have, you know, a... $15 million base salary this year. All they do is they pay him, they change that base salary to the one just slightly over a million dollar minimum, veteran minimum, and then they pay him the rest in bonus, right? So they're, the player is getting the same money, but they usually add avoidable year on the back end, and that bonus is amortized over those years. And so the cap number, the cap value for that player goes down significantly. So that's how they were able to put, you know, those four players, uh, restructure some contracts, add some years. Now, eventually that's going to come due when those players' contract is up and you have nothing left but voidable years. But it allows them to field a football team, which, you know, where they were starting at, you know, what, $57 million or so, $58 million over the salary cap, that just wasn't going to work. And they still have more work to do. But they did get there. They did get cap compliant, and they're going to need more money for draft picks and things like that and for any chance of signing a free agent. Uh, and they did it because Russell Gage, one of their players that uh, was sort of, you know, wasn't sort of, he was disappointing last year. He battled hamstring injuries almost from the from the start. Of course, he had that concussion in the playoff game. That was kind of scary. Turned out okay. But Russ did not do for them what they had anticipated. I mean, at the time, they thought he may have to be wide receiver number two simply because they didn't know what, you know, the future held. In the, in the short term for Chris Godwin. Now, Godwin made it back week one against Dallas. They won the game. He got hurt. Um, but, you know, Russ, just, he just didn't produce the kind of numbers that they had hoped. He had just 51 catches, 425 yards. He did have five touchdowns, which was a lot on this team last year. But his yards per catch, you know, was a career low, 8.4. And... And towards the end, he actually came on, so those numbers were worse before the last few games. And so they they approached him and they said, "Look, you know, 
we want you back, but we need to save some salary cap space. And quite frankly, they had guaranteed them, they'd signed them to a, I guess it was a a three-year, uh, what was it, $30 million contract, something like that, $10 million a year. And um, basically they said, you know, we'll give you seven, uh, but we'll guarantee it. And they split it up with a veteran minimum in, in the base salary and then the rest in bonus over five and five point eight something million dollars in bonus, and so the seven million is guaranteed. And then next year he was supposed to be on the hook for twenty twenty four for a ten million dollar base salary. And that and that now is an option year for the Bucks, so they shorten the length of the contract, and then the Bucks will have the option uh, next year, or he becomes a free agent. So that's one where you not only get money back, but you also you know sort of tell the player, hey, look, you know, we don't think your production matched your pay. Uh, and Russell had a had a choice to make, and he agreed to um, a lesser amount of money uh, to play their third receiver. Hopefully, if uh, Mike Evans and Godwin are back healthy, so that uh, that happens in the NFL. But they are finally there. They are finally going to be cap compliant. They'll they'll get more money when um, the actual releases occur at 4 p.m. on Wednesday uh, or by 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Guys like Leonard Fournette, Cameron Brait, Donovan Smith. Uh, you know, th- that money's going to fall off as well. And so, you know, you need some eight and a half, nine million dollars to sign draft picks. And then whatever they do in free agency, we'll have to wait and see um, about that. However, you know, and we've been saying this, I think, Steve, since almost the beginning. Look, we know that Kyle Trask is the only quarterback they have on the roster. That's why they keep talking about him. But they made it pretty clear that they're going to have competition. They're just not in it um, for an A-lister. Right. I mean, you know, right now, Aaron Rodgers is negotiating with the Jets as we do this podcast on Sunday night. Maybe he will have agreed to go there in a trade. Um, then the pecking order is after that, right? It's Jimmy Garoppolo who's going to go someplace, probably to the Las Vegas Raiders, I would imagine. And and then you kind of go down the line of quarterbacks until pretty soon, I think you get to Baker Mayfield. And we've talked about this guy being a free agent. You know, he played for two teams last year, Carolina. They fired their head coach. Uh, he got benched and, you know, eventually got traded to the Rams, came in, was there two days and and beat the Raiders, I think, in a Monday night football game. Interesting guy. I know Todd Munkin likes him a lot. Steve, I would feel happy with Baker Mayfield if I were a Bucks fan. I would say, you know what, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good get um, considering you just had Tom Brady and all you have is Kyle Trask. He's definitely more exciting, more you would expect more out of him than Kyle Trask for sure. I mean, you know, yes, he was at Cleveland, which how many quarterbacks are successful in Cleveland? Went to Carolina, but, you know, under Matt Rule, who didn't do much as an NFL coach. But then you saw what he did in L.A. Yeah. He went out there for a few games. And you see, look, you know the potential of, of Baker Mayfield. Sure. I don't know if he's had great coaching along the way. Well, that's true. And, and – you know, we know that in the NFL, you know, bad coaching can ruin mm-hmm. quarterbacks. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence's rookie season in Jacksonville. Sure. Look at, Good point. you know, is, is part of Jameis Winston struggles that over time. And we saw firsthand here. I mean, if you don't have good and the right coaching, yeah. quarterbacks can struggle. And, and But you see the potential. You see the talent in Baker Mayfield. Whether he can put mm-hmm. it together – I don't know if we know that yet. Yeah, but he's well, got he to lead exc- a team. 
to one playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did do mm-hmm. that. Yes, and, he did. And I think he won a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. he did take them, uh, what was his third year, I think it was. Um, and, they, and Cleveland had not won anything. Right. So he's he's got pedigree, right? Number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um, has a ton of charisma. <laughs> I mean, his commercials are great. And uh, But you're right. He's After leaving Cleveland, look, he went to some bad situations. I mean, Matt Rule was fired pretty early on into the process. They had Sam Darnold. They went back and forth. Um, he got busted up again. He's been hurt. You know, his injuries have been part of his story. But if you could get him healthy, and and he's going to compete his butt off. And I'm just thinking, like, if you're Baker Mayfield, how many jobs are out there where they say to you, look, it's wide open, and we mean it. I think the Bucks would mean it. I, I don't... For as much lip service as they've given Kyle Trask, they don't know what he is. They truly don't know. In a weak moment, they'll tell you, we think he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We liked him coming out of college. This was our plan for him. He's improved. But they haven't seen him mm-hmm. much at all, even in the preseason. They don't know. And so would you be banking your entire season on a guy you really don't know how he's going to play and he's never, as they never been in the fire except for nine passes in a mop-up role against Atlanta and he went three of nine? I mean, that's just not, you know. So if you're Baker Mayfield and you look around the league and, you, you know, some teams are going to be drafting quarterbacks, right? We know about that. We'll talk about the Bears trade uh, in a minute with Carolina. Um, you know, some teams have franchise quarterbacks and maybe they're hurt, right, for the time being or uh, they're not sure about them. Like San Francisco's going to sign a veteran quarterback because um, they want to make sure that, you know, they have a full complement of guys because they've been busted up before. Uh, with Brock Purdy coming, you know, having this the elbow surgery recently. So, do you want to go there, or do you want to go to a place where they say, "Look, you can win the job"? And oh, by the way, we've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, now Russell Gage. Right? Um, I assume they're going to re- revamp the offensive line. Where Worfs will probably go to left tackle. Maybe they either draft a right tackle, or they find, or they, you know use Luke Gedeke at his, at his natural position. You've got a running back in Rashad White. Some pieces on defense, although you know we have to get into more about that because they're losing a lot of free agents that they, they're not going to get back. Um, and, a, and frankly, a pretty weak NFC South. I mean, I think Derek Carr is going to be terrific in New Orleans. I really do. Uh, I, think, I think it's the right place for him at the right time. And you know they're starting to get some pieces back themselves. Um, Mike Thomas may, may return all of that. And the defense has still got enough juice. I think they're getting old long in the tooth, but I think they can still play. But if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm like, yeah, sure. I want to compete for a starting job. I don't want to go somewhere and just be somebody's backup. So I think this is a pos- a real possibility. Now he'll have the final decision and, mm-hmm. you know, look, they can't pay him a lot of money, Steve. They don't have, they can't say here's $20 million, right? Um, it's going to have to be a pay-as-you-go, pay right? It's going to have to be one of those deals where you incentivize them mm-hmm. per start, per win, you know, this kind of thing. But I would be, if I were a Bucks fan, I'd be like, yeah, why not? I mean, who else, you know, is there Jacoby Brissett much better? You know, that's that's kind of the, 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 the kind of the lot that they're playing in right now. Right, and, and I think fans too, you know, you've heard the Bucks talking all about Kyle Trask and touting him for this season. He's the only quarterback on the roster. That's it's, it. It's the only one they're allowed to talk about, really. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you're not allowed to comment on other free agents because they're not free agents yet outside of Derek Carr was. That's correct. Because he That's was correct. released. So, uh-huh. you know, they have to tout him. And, and yes, Kyle Trask is going to get every chance to start this fall. But if I'm the Bucks, 
I'm hoping that we're signing a quarterback better than Kyle Trask, whether it's Brissett or Mayfield or whoever. If Kyle Trask wins the job, then great. Then he's played his butt off. Yeah, Yeah, he's played his butt off. But I don't. I mean, you know, I I know what they've said publicly. Mm -hmm. And even you know, as you've said, they you know, you get them privately, they'll say we're not sure what we have. They're not. I'm pretty sure they're hoping that Kyle Trask doesn't win the job. Not that they don't like him, that they find a quarterback better than him. Sure. Because sure. I, I don't I don't know if they like what they've got there. I mean, now, Kyle Trask could improve this year, and, 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 and Dave Canales' offense compared to Byron Leftwich's, maybe he'll thrive and do even better. Mm-hmm. And, and that's your hope. I mean, did anyone mm-hmm. think Brock Purdy was going to come in and do what he did? No. For San Francisco, no. or, you know, there's lots of quarterbacks. Tom Brady, you know, 20-some years ago. Yeah. You know, you don't know until they get that shot. So your hope is now that he's got a legit shot in camp that he will thrive mm-hmm. and shine. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're counting on it. They can't. They simply can't. I mean, you're going to have to sign two, maybe three quarterbacks anyway. Now, one of those guys, I would imagine, mm-hmm. would be Drew Locke. Because even if Drew Locke mm-hmm. doesn't win the job, you want somebody in that room. You need somebody on that wall that understands – Dave Canales' offense that can translate it for you in real time, either on the sideline, in the film room, wherever you need that guy to do it, right? Much like, I mean, it's really kind of the same role, if you think about it, that Blaine Gabbard had for Tom Brady. You know, he he was that veteran quarterback that that was familiar with B.A.'s offense when they were trying to teach it to to Brady, and he could, you know, that's that's why Trask was number three, cause, because Blaine had played, he was 30-something years old, and he had been successful in this offense. So you'd like to have another guy in that room that at least knows Canales' office. And that's the other thing about Trask. And I wrote about this a little while ago. I think it was last Sunday Sunday or so ago. How, you know, if you did want Trask to succeed, and, and look, maybe running the football, being more balanced, more of a commitment to it, zone block, whatever that is, right, maybe that's going to help the quarterback. He, you know, he's, Canales says, you know, it's a, it's a quarterback-friendly offense, uh, we don't put him in bad positions, you know, all those things, which sounds great. And and no offensive coordinator wants to put his quarterback in a bad position. But here's the thing about Trask: like, could you could you put him in a worse position? So he's been there two years under one offense. Guess what? It's gone. Now he's got to learn an entirely new offense. That's advantage Baker Mayfield because he's coming in doing the same thing. There's there's no guy here that's like, oh, I've been in this offense for two years. I know it like the back of my hand. So you, you have a new quarterback, and it's a level playing field because everybody's learning it at the same time unless they bring in Locke, and he would have a little bit of an edge there. Um, so, you know, for a lot of reasons, man. And then, then his quarterback's coach um, is a guy that, you know, has never coached a position. I mean, you took away somebody who coached Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and, you know, uh, Brad Johnson, all those guys, and and then you bring in, uh, you know, someone that hasn't. So I just think that they're not really doing a lot of favors for Kyle. Kyle's going to have to work his way through them some things. He does know the players. Uh, he's, he's, he can probably win over the locker room. But the funny thing is, is like there's no bigger, and, and all that matters is production, but there's no bigger personality, really not that many bigger personalities in football than Baker Mayfield. And the one thing I know about him, having talked to Todd Munkin, and if Munkin had taken this job, I assure you Baker would have been here. Uh, given the restrictions and things that they have, even with the salary cap, um, because he loves the guy. He was one year with him in Cleveland and with Freddie Kitchens, and he said, look, the one thing I know is like he will compete his butt off, 
guys will follow him. He has that that sort of it factor. Um, he he will rally guys, you know, and make them better around him somehow. So, you know, there, there's still enough pieces to, to do some stuff with. If it's not Baker, then they go down the line. Then they say, okay, Jacoby Brissett, right, or Blaine Gabbert. You know, like Gabbert's not totally out of this thing, but he's going to have decisions to make too if there's somebody else that he'd rather play for. Um, but, you know, the Bucks will go down the list. They have a pecking order of free agent quarterbacks that they want. Um, and, you know, they just got to hope that there's not a lot of – if there's a bidding war, they're going to lose it. You know, Baker Mayfield suddenly has a market. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, we've heard San Francisco. I don't think they can – you know, they seem committed to Trey Lance and then Brock Purdy when he's healthy. But if, if they could convince him that, hey, whenever you play, you're going to be a superstar out here with all our talent and you got a chance to play right away. We're not so sure about this guy. I mean, maybe he goes there, but there, there could be a market that we're not aware of that could develop too. Um, maybe at one of these places where they get a rookie quarterback and they don't want to start him right away. He could be He could be a placeholder for, you know, a young quarterback that's drafted in the top, you know, top 10. Um, for an Anthony Richardson, for example, somebody like that. So there's going to be other, you know, other choices that Baker will have. And usually it comes down to two things, money and opportunity, and they're really the same. And you can structure things any way you want if he's agreeable to it, kind of, you know, pay pay as you go. So that's that's what the Bucks will be doing this week. Look, this week they're going to lose a lot of good football players, Steve. They, they don't have any money. When I say they're cap compliant, they need to get another $8, 9000000 million dollars uh, under the cap for their rookies. And then, then if they want to sign anybody, and you can structure things friendly with a veteran minimum of a million dollars, and you can keep that, you know, that first-year cap value pretty low. Um, but but they're, they're going to want to sign some free agents. Their guys, it's going to be tough to get back. We wrote about Levante David uh, on Sunday, and he could have very easily played his last game for the Bucks. You know, 32, 33 years old, um, had a really good year. Played all but one snap, I think, in the games that he started, uh, with the exception of maybe the mop-up game, and really took care of his body and played really, really well. The thing is, they need him back. Like, they don't have another inside linebacker. K.J. Britt did not play well when he got his opportunity, so they'll be trying to get Levante back, but does somebody give him two years and $25 million or 30 or guarantee him 18 or whatever that is? So it's going to be a, these next couple days in particular guys you're going to see i think um even though they're still talking to him but you're going to see guys like Jamel Dean get a lot of money from somewhere you know to go someplace they just are no oh, he's going to get 18 paid. he's getting yeah. paid yeah and and the bucks can't afford him and they know it now maybe they go down the line and maybe maybe Sean Murphy Bunting doesn't break the bank but you know, other teams would be looking for corners, and Murphy Bunning may become too expensive to him, and Mike Edwards may become too expensive to him, and so on and so forth. So, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough watching a lot of guys that help win a Super Bowl here uh, leave town, and they've already they've already cut a number of iconic type players that have been here for years and years, and th- those were tough decisions. So, you know, it's funny I was just kind of going on the timeline of. Uh, you know, Twitter and stuff, which is a nasty place um, sometimes. And Bucks fans are kind of like resigned to, oh, we're going to suck and we're going to suck bad. And, and I don't know that you would go there just yet. Like, is it going to be anything close to what you had the last three years? No, absolutely not. But there's still, and you know, when I talk to BA about this, he's adamant about this. He's like, look, still a lot of really good football players on this team. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys have won. You know what I mean? Like they've won division titles. They've won a Super Bowl. There's a lot of experience. And yeah, they're older. You know, Mike Evans is in his tenth year, and you know, if he came back, you know, Lamonte David would be would be very old. But there's also some some good young players too. The Antoine Winfield Juniors and the Carlton Davises, and um, you know, some of the offensive linemen. Ryan Jensen will be back next year, and and Tristan Wirfs, and so on and so forth. So you still have good pieces. Rashad White should be good, and you have a draft. And the draft, you know, they need to kill the draft. They 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 need to absolutely slay it. And if that means getting more players or more picks, or moving up or moving down, or drafting a quarterback, you could do that too. Um, you're not going to get one of the top four or five because they're going to go in the top five or seven picks. But you certainly could do some stuff. So we all have to kind of wait and see. I think, like I said, we've talked about this before. There's a sort of an interesting, you know, joy in the process if you look at it the right way. And, and try to see, you know, what these guys are doing. The other thing people say is like, well, there's tank with Trask, you know, try to get the first round pick next year. You, you can, only one team is guaranteed the first round pick. And look what happened this year. Lovey Smith was the New York, the, the, the uh, Houston Texans were going to have the first overall pick. And after Lovey had been fired, they let him stupidly coach his last game. And he went for a two point conversion and got it. And that was his gift out of town to Houston to say, hey, guess what? Chicago now has a first overall pick and the Texans are second, you know? And so you can't even be guaranteed when you stink that you're going to get the first pick. So that is hope is not a strategy in this case. Um, you know, you could win five, six, seven, eight games, three games. It, it, you just don't know how that's going to come out. Uh, speaking of first picks, how about the Carolina Panthers? Now we already have a division that has Derek Carr in New Orleans. And now the Panthers own the number one overall pick in the draft, and you know they're going to take a quarterback. It's just a matter of which one. Is it Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? And they right. may not know yet. Maybe not. You know, I, I think those two are the top two going off the board. Mm-hmm. And as they said at the time, and it's a couple of days later now, but they got 48 days to figure this out. Yeah, that's right. Plenty of information, almost paralysis by analysis. But, you know, we haven't seen – I mean, the, the key thing, you know, is I think the difference in the two is just that C.J. Stroud has NFL size, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the, the biggest thing. I, and I think he had extremely good workout. Now, Young, you know, Young did not throw at the uh, combine. Mm-hmm. But uh, he will throw at his Alabama pro day. His measurements, not great, but but a little bit better weight-wise. You know, he's 200 pounds, 200-plus pounds. He's the same size roughly as Drew Brees. Still sees the field well, I think. And I thought he was the, I thought he was the best quarterback in the country. But C.J. threw it really well in the combine, ran well, a bigger guy. I just – I have a feeling, and not because of my, my, my namesake, but I just – I have a feeling that unless – if you think it's even, or you think it's close even, um, you're probably going to go with the guy that has more prototypical size for a quarterback because it's such a big investment that you don't want to risk injury. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but Stroud put up some pretty good numbers. And, and late in the year, especially when he, when he got into the semifinals, he really made a lot of plays. And he showed he could be a big-time quarterback in big-time games. So I kind of think it's maybe going to be him, but we'll have to wait and see because I think you're right. I think they're trying to keep an open mind about 
you know, not deciding too soon. Well, and, and, you know, quite frankly, until you had the number one pick, you didn't have to make a decision. I mean, you're sitting at number nine. At number nine, you weren't getting either one of those two quarterbacks. No, you were scouting them. You were doing all that that work. But, right, you know, you didn't have to sit down in a room and make a decision until you now own the number one pick. Because right. because at nine, you weren't getting those two. Right. I mean, they're not going to be past picks one and two. That's Wh- correct. Whichever one they don't take, Houston's taking. Houston's going to take them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of, of teams after that that need quarterbacks, the Indianapolis Colts. I still say Seattle is in a great position because they mm-hmm. re-signed Geno Smith for a couple of years. You could easily bring in Anthony Richardson right there. Richardson said he felt a special bond when he talked to the Seahawks coaches. That would be a great spot for him to learn and develop. Um, find mm-hmm. a guy that you know has finally figured it out himself and just got a big contract. So um, the draft's going to be really, really interesting. Um, but the quarterback, the whole quarterback thing is always, you know, this time of year is is, is really just dominoes. And, I mean, yeah, look, Aaron Rodgers has to decide and decide, I think, by today. I mean, if I'm the New York Jets, I'm not going past today because if i got to get Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, i got to start talking to him. You know, I have to start negotiating. And from what we understand, you know, the Jets and the Packers have worked out terms of a trade, uh, but it's really up to Rodgers. Is he going to retire? Is he going to play? Is, does he only want to play in Green Bay? Is, you know, how does he feel about New York? Like, He's got a. He can't hold people hostage anymore, so that that domino is going to fall pretty quickly. And like I said, after that, I think I think everybody will fall in line. But it's going to be a fascinating couple of days. And then you know, of course, highlighted by the four p.m. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, the start of the Happy New Year, start of the new league year, where Adam Schefter gets up there and for thirty minutes straight tells you all the deals that have been done over the previous two days, and really going back to the combine because that's when the illegal tampering actually starts. Uh, and he'll just run through them one after the other, man. It'll be it'll be uh, Schefter Palooza, but um, you're going to hear some names. You're going to hear some names that are emotional that you're attached to. Perhaps a Levante David making visits, going places. You know, never been a free agent, never been in this position before. Always resigned before his contract was up. So why wouldn't he embrace this? And um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the Bucks are able to do, um, particularly at the quarterback position. All right, I want to remind you guys as we uh, continue on here, we'll be talking uh, about um, Dave Wills, uh, the tribute that was paid to him uh, when the Rays radio crew got back in action over the weekend. Um, and Steve, you were you were around them. But um, I want to talk about May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. If you want to save money on your electric bill, call these folks. They've been in business now for 13 years. And there's a lot of these companies out there that pop up and, and, and disappear. But May Electric Solar... They're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric uh, displays all their products. You can conduct on-site testing. They show you exactly what they're going to install to fit your needs. And plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there installing those panels on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys. And that's important. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, and preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so um, I was listening Saturday when, I believe it was Saturday. My days are getting confused. We had like a birthday weekend for my wife. Um, when Happy Dave, birthday. I, I think it 
Uh, my wife's birthday. That's what I said. Happy birthday to your wife. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. It was great. She's my favorite 49er. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, you know, this was a tough day. And you, you knew what these guys were a little nervous about it, too. Like, mm-hmm. there's a baseball game going on. I thought Andy explained it very well. He's like, look, Dave never wanted anything to be bigger than the game that was in front of us. And even though it's spring training, there is important things happening. And we're going to... We're going to call and, and focus on the game while we tell and and pay a tribute to Dave Wills, which they actually wound up doing for several days. And they had various guest appearances, you know, people that had recorded tributes of their own uh, to Dave. I thought the tone was perfect. Mm-hmm. They laughed a lot, which is what Dave was about. A lot of it, a lot of it was humor. Um, they told stories that I had never heard before, both Neil and uh, Andy, and. Um, you know, it. it I, I think Neil said at one point he goes, you know, because Dave, right before he passed, he was calling games and everything. He's like, you know, we're really looking forward to this season. Like this, you know, no matter what has happened, um, come the end of what the end of April, they're going to start playing baseball, and or the end of March, I guess March, yeah, they're March thirtieth, not April, but the end of March, March thirtieth, they're going to start playing a baseball season, and it's going to be really important and. Dave was really looking forward to it. They're really looking forward to it. Um, but before that happened, they had to, you know they had to go through, you know, all the emotions and the and the phone calls and the text messages and all the thank yous that they that they wanted to give and also express their, you know, their condolences uh, to Dave's wife and his children. And they told stories about them and how, um, you know, anytime Dave's daughter would call, it would light up on his phone as peanut because he called her peanut all the time um just wonderful stories and i'm sure you've heard a bunch of it over the last couple of days yeah it was it was good to hear i I texted with both uh actually in a group chat with with andy and neil before the game and then after the game saturday um i just kind of did some Davisms to him beforehand just to you know hopefully put a you know maybe a little tear in their eye but a, a smile on their face as well mm-hmm. uh told them that they you know that the best broadcasters need to be their best today and that they yeah. need to make sure they had one more biscuit for breakfast to <laughs> to get through the broadcast and that. And, and they said they appreciated it. And afterwards, you know, I was telling them how great it was to hear them. And I know it was tough on them. And today is actually Dave Wills would have been his 59th birthday. I know. How about um, that? So it's yeah. another day. It's going to be tough on them. Um, yeah. But I, I, it was, I could tell in the conversations with them, and it was over text, but, they were relieved to have gotten through it, but also to be back in the booth and, and doing baseball. And, and and I thought they did Dave proud and he would have been, you know, very proud of what they did. And um, I still can't believe he's gone, but yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be a, a hard season and on the road and, and everything for this year for them. But uh, this was the first step for not only for, for them, but also race fans too. That are used to hearing yeah, Dave on the radio every you know every every game and in spring training it's generally weekend games only but mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's going to be hard on race fans that I mean they did the games for eighteen years together yeah and I think it'll be hard on Andy in particular because that's his partner mm-hmm. and and the thing is is that you the soundtrack of race baseball for a generation eighteen seasons. Dave Wills has a very, very prominent voice mm-hmm. and uh, has a style all his own um, and has made the biggest calls in the club's history 
as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Most of those we, re- we remember uh, from, from Dave having been on the mic at that time. And, and you miss that. Like when you listen to the broadcast, it's like, you know, you keep waiting to hear that, that booming, you know, uh, energetic uh, sounds of Dave Wills, and it's just not there. And, you know, Neil and, and, um, and Andy have, have done this before when Dave's been out before they, you know, Neil uh, frequently steps into the booth mm-hmm. or if Andy's out. And so Neil does a terrific job. It's a tough role to fill. It's a, it's a, you know they have to find their own rhythm, their own um, you know sort of conversations and and bring their own personalities to it. Um, but it's 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 hard to listen without hearing them. You know what I mean? You hear them in your mind, but mm-hmm. you're not hearing them on the radio. And so that part, I thought, you know, just listening to it as I've listened to so many Rays games over the years, you could really you could really you know feel the void. You know. Um, but baseball will continue, and it has always continued, and um, and it's the most important thing, you know, is the games and the players, and and that's one thing that Dave always made sure uh, that whatever they were talking about in their broadcast, he always brought this, just the right amount of humor and personal stories and and all of that. Um, but uh, they this Rays team has got a story to tell. They're going to go through it for six months now, and it's going to be a fascinating season as it usually is. And it's already starting to turn into a fascinating training camp or spring training, I should say. Um, so those guys will have to capture that, and they'll have to do it in their own way, and they'll have to find their own, you know, style of talking and and, and meshing and all of that stuff. But they'll figure it out, and um, they'll they'll keep entertainment and, and educating the listeners as Dave would, and um, and and they'll move forward. But for a couple of days, some of those stories I had not heard, and they were really good. Um, really funny stories and, and really captured them well. So well done by both those guys. Um, because you're right. It is, it is a, a tough time and his birthday being, um, just this, this past Sunday. I mean, that no, was it's today, Monday, Monday, today. Was, oh, it's on Monday. Today. I'm sorry. Today. Yeah. That that's going to be tough as mm-hmm. well. So, um, more tough days ahead, I'm sure. And especially for his wife and his family. Um, meanwhile, uh, not a, not a great weekend. I mean, tell me how you felt about it, Steve. I mean, the Tampa Bay lightning, we're playing a couple teams that I thought they should handle, right, at home. Chicago, mm-hmm. the Blackhawks, and, and then the Winnipeg Jets. Um, neither team targeted for the playoffs necessarily, right? No, Winnipeg's uh, in the playoff spot right now. I mean, they've been scuffling they, of late, but they're they're on that okay. right at the edge of the playoffs. They're on a cusp. Okay, yep. so they're a better team there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they, they won 2-1 to one against the Blackhawks. A um, little scary moment for Steven Stamkos, who did return. There were, It was a back-to-backer, right? Um, but Vasilevsky was in net, I believe, on Sunday. Is correct. that correct? Yep. Yeah, Elliot played and Saturday. It was actually 3-1 to one Saturday with the empty net or with like two seconds. 3-1 to, to one with the empty net. That's yep. correct. Uh, and then, but, you know, they, they don't get the two points on Sunday. And I don't know what it, how, I mean, I watched most of the second and third period. I missed some of the first. I don't think they played poorly, per se. Um, they gave up some rushes. And Vasi stopped most of them, if not all. But they just they had some tough luck. I mean, at the very end of the game, they you know they pull Vassy, they got the extra man on, and you know Headman hits a post with a few seconds left. They had a couple posts in this game. They yeah. had a couple. Look, I, I the homestand you went you took five out of eight points. You went what two one and one. It's an okay homestand, but yeah. you really felt like they could have had all eight points. They could have, sure. I mean, make you know, and John Cooper talked about this after the game. 
Did they think they did enough to to beat Winnipeg? Yes. Do they feel they should have mm-hmm. got two points in the Vegas game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're games where they won it yet. But this is definitely a lot better than it was before this homestand. During the five-game losing streak, yeah. right. They're playing a lot better. Now, they're giving up some rushes. They're giving. They're still making some, some mistakes, particularly in their own end. Right. Uh, but they're playing a lot better. I mean, did... did mm-hmm. Do you think they should have deserved two points Sunday night? Probably. Mm-hmm. I think they played a better game than Winnipeg overall. Uh, I, I thought, you know, I mean, they had a five-on-three power play. They a lot of movement, not as not as many shots as you would want on that. Right. Um, I didn't think they took advantage. No, they had a shorthanded goal, which really kind of sparked them in the second. That was period. nice. Yeah. Uh, after they had given up two goals and were down three to one to get that shorthanded right. goal, but. Look, you you like what they've been doing of late. That five-game losing streak, they played some pretty rough hockey in there. They're looking better. Now, they've got a tough week. they got to play New Jersey three times this week. What? Twice in New Jersey. They're playing Tuesday, Thursday in New Jersey. Then they get Montreal at home Saturday, and then they're New Jersey at home Sunday. They haven't faced New Jersey all year. New Jersey's now tied for first in the in the Metro Division with Carolina after they beat Carolina 3-0. Wow. New Jersey's a really good team. And they're going to face them three times this week. This That's is going to be kind of a measuring stick. Yeah, um, You get Montreal as well. Actually, the next five games, they have two p- opponents. Three against New Jersey and two against Montreal. It's kind of weird. The wow. That's a quirk of scheduling, huh? It, it really is. Um, I don't mind the, the back-to-back staying in New Jersey for two games in a row. I don't like playing your your only other game, home game, with them two days or three days later. I think that's a little weird. Right. But, that is weird, yeah. But it is what it is. That's the schedule, and that's the way they, they lay it out. So, um, Lightning now of, what, 15 games left in the season? Mm-hmm. Uh, the regular season ends a month from today. Yeah, they'll, they'll start to see the light at the proverbial end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that helps, right? When you when you can see and start to gear up and, and try to get back in playoff mode and, you know, um, games will be tighter, sort of like the ones they played over the weekend. And really, even in this last game, uh, you know, Winnipeg's – last goal was you know reviewed it was challenged mm-hmm. did you think that was goaltender interference is close do i think that he made some contact with vasileski yes um did vasileski even make an effort to try to get back over and stop the goal no so i didn't right. think it was i know i know dave mishkin and phil esposito thought it was interference they did okay i didn't i didn't think it warranted that level on a, yeah, on I don't think it was on a rebound. Like, on a rebound, you're allowed some incidental contact, and I don't think the contact was enough to, yeah, to do that. And I don't think Vasilevsky even made an effort. He just kind of laid on the ice and stayed down. Right. So, but I, I think John Cooper in that situation. I don't know if he legitimately thought it was goaltender interference or it's, hey, I got to try something. We're down two goals now, and it turns out yeah, the shorthanded maybe. opportunity sparked him because they scored on that power play. <laughs> Right, they they were so. going to phase a power play, and then they ended up yeah. It was yeah they and they had they had several other chances on that power play too. Kalorn had they one. Did. Hagel had one. They did. Yeah, um, they had other chances. They could have almost got two or three shorthanded goals on that power play. Yeah, that was a good shift. Oh, um, it was, and it kind of sparked them for a while, but mm-hmm. they just couldn't get that final goal in. I mean, Connor Hellebuck's a good goalie. Winnipeg's a good team. Mm-hmm. So I I thought they did better. I think this week's going to tell a lot, but. You know, they're still sitting, I think, 11 points ahead of Florida. 
with no, 15 games to go as far as, you know, yeah. guaranteeing a playoff spot. So, yeah. you know, it's, no, it's really about getting their game. And, and look, they they had some – you weren't sure about Stam- – Stamkos left the game Saturday. Right. Looked bad. He played Sunday. I mean, you know, they, they've – you know, that was the good news. Now, Anthony Sorelli didn't play at the end of the game. He took an elbow to the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing went to the quiet room. Don't know if there was a concussion ruled or just sat him out or precaution. Right. Uh, the team is off on Monday, so we won't know anything until Tuesday as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, getting Hedman back, getting Stamkos back, I mean, mm-hmm. the health of the team is everything, especially as you as you push towards the postseason. You want all your guys, and um, losing point last year certainly was a big difference in how they were able to to play, especially in the Stanley Cup. So, um, and by the way, Braden Point gonna, now career high in goals at forty three, forty three. Yeah, yep. and Kalorn got to twenty goals again. He's been playing well of late. Yep, yep. Yeah, and they got some guys, you know, coming on, and then also the new guys mm-hmm. have started to find their their role. You know, I really like Asimov. I think he's just a pest. He's right. just high energy, go, go, go. The Yanni Gord type. He's, uh, it's not quite the same, but he's got a lot of those characteristics in him. Yeah, yeah. You know, just seems like he's, you know, I think John Cooper in the postgame called him the Energizer Bunny. I mean, he's just. Yeah, you love those guys. Yeah. You know, I, I, re- I really like like his. I mean, Taylor Tanner Janot's been great too, but I, I, Ace Amont really stands out on the ice. Yeah. You need those 200-foot guys that are just kind of in everybody's grill, you mm-hmm. know, from one end to the other. And that's what he's been doing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right. Well, so today, um, again, make sure you check on TampaBay.com mm-hmm. and the Tampa Bay Times. There's going to be plenty of, of uh, rumors, innuendos, visits scheduled, different things you're going to hear, maybe even... Uh, agreements in principle, but not signed signed agreements yet. Uh, free agents in the NFL, a lot of them Buccaneers. Uh, again, starting I think with the the one that's the most coveted from here is Jamel Dean. Levante David's going to have a decision to make, and then the quarterbacks mm-hmm. they're going to start to fall like dominoes as well. So we're going to have lots of news. I have a feeling this week. Don't expect the Bucks to be active in signing many guys or any guys. Maybe this first weekend, like I said, they'll have to let the market settle. Let the quarterback market settle, see what the guys in the next rung are going to do with Baker Mayfield and Kobe Brissett and even Blaine Gabberts and guys like that. Uh, and then, you know, before long, probably the next week or the next two weeks, we'll figure out, you know, or we'll know who's going to compete with Kyle Trask. So that'll be uh, interesting to, to, to watch. Also, Reminder, just USF uh, let Brian Gregory go. How about that? Over yeah. Was it six seasons? Was he here six years? Six years, yep. Wow. That kind of flew by. Only one, uh, I guess, one pretty good season, right, out of the six? Mm-hmm. Yep, never made the NCAA tournament. Right. So, uh, I mean, it, listen, this is not – he's not the Lone Ranger with USF basketball. I mean, I guess we could do a whole show on that. But, like, 
it's been a tough it's been a tough sell in terms of you know getting the the type of player that can stay here and and compete in what is now a pretty good basketball conference. I mean, you know, well they're going to lose UCF and Cincinnati and Houston this coming year. Yeah. As they go to the That'll Big 12, it. so it, it, right. the conference is changing a little bit. It's a it's a tough job. Yeah. I, I mean, I I kind of wonder what USF view success at the basketball program is well like I, I don't think anyone at this point believes it's uh you know you make the tournament every year right you know I mean, so, north carolina didn't make the tournament this year so there's only not i think there's only three schools that have an active streak in the NCAA tournament over that's more than five years college basketball changes so quickly anymore Oh yeah, because these guys are now one and done. Well, so one and so done's in the transfer portal, and and you know just yeah. everything. I think what Michigan State, Gonzaga, and Kansas, I think, are the only ones, and they're like all over twenty years. That's I right. think they're the only ones that have streaks longer than five years now of making the tournament. Wow, that's incredible. You know, I mean, North Carolina didn't make it this year. Michigan didn't make it. They had a long. They had like an eight or nine year run, I think, or seven at this point. Wisconsin didn't make it because I follow mm-hmm. the Badgers, and I thought they were going to be better this year. Yep. And USF's women got a tough draw. Uh, they lost well, in the first round of the the American Conference Tournament, so they end up an eight seed playing, I think, Marquette on Friday, and then if they win that, they're going to play undefeated, number one ranked South Carolina. Yeah. Woo. Well, it's their own fault, right, because they had an opportunity to do some things in their conference tournament, and mm-hmm. they flamed out and flamed out right away. Yeah, and that wasn't so, even a close game against Wichita, I mean, you know. If they had won the tournament, they're probably looking at a six seed. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know. And now you're avoiding the number one seeds in the second round. You're sure. trying to get to the Sweet Sixteen for the first time in in, uh, in the school's history. Yep, it's going to be a tough sled to get there this year. Oh yeah, absolutely, it will be. They could be one and done, or you know. May lose out in the second round if they have to play uh, South Carolina, which they would apparently have to do. So not a lot of great results in the basketball side of things for, for USF, especially with Brian Gregor being being fired. But that means an opportunity for somebody else, so we'll see uh, who they get in here to take over. All right, so um want to make sure you guys uh, – I know there's going to be questions about free agency. It's very fluid. It's going to happen fast. But if you have those questions, you can submit them to us anytime. We'll do some mailbags this week, I'm sure. Send it to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Thanks for listening. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 